What's going on, y'all? We are back with another episode of TGIF, and I know this looks weird as hell, right? Because y'all used to send Claudia's face when we opened up the show. Well, Claudia ass can't be with us tonight, child. Quiet as is kept, honey. She probably flying around the world and I with some rich man on a private jet being flew out to some exclusive location, if you let me tell it. Tonight, we've got a fabulous guest co-host who is here to spill the tea. Now, many of you guys may recognize her from Fox 26, The Nightcap. Please welcome Carolina Sanchez. Hey, hey, hey. I'm so happy to be here, y'all. What's up, soulmates? <laughs> What's going on, Carolina? Funky Al, y'all better, y'all better keep it tame for me, all right? All right. We, we, we don't I feel bite. like y'all are y'all are gonna break me today. I've been on your show, sweetheart. This know, is right? tame for you. Cut it out now. I know, I know. We we you gonna get talk it. Talk more tea than we do. <laughs> I do, I do. And here I'm gonna be spilling the tea. And we're going to be breaking down the biggest headlines in news and social media. So y'all already know the drill. Sit back, relax, and let's sip this tea. But guys, how are y'all doing? How are we doing today? Al, you under the weather? You no, know, I'm fighting a little bit of a cold COVID. Whatever. <laughs> Actually sipping tea. Real I am sipping real hot tea. Like, for real, for real. That and chicken broth, so... Let's just hope I can get to the end of the show. But I got you. I got you. You're going to make it. You're going to make it. Funky and I are going to make sure you make it. Funky, how we doing over there? You had a gentleman caller. You was kissing him and he left you with that nasty woman's disease. Um, You know what? Cut it out. Cut it out, please. No, I wish. Okay. Uh, Carolina, I'm over here drinking uh, tea and Tito's. Tea and Tito's? Tea and Tito's tonight. Like actual sweet tea with Tito's? Yes, the Tito's. Hey, I mean, if that sounds like you're going to have bubble guts. Well, that'll make two of us, according to what you was telling us before the show started. Oh, no. Started. Oh, no. All right. We're not going to talk about poop right now. Okay. Let's go ahead and get into these topics. Okay. So the Erica Menace situation, we have an update, fellas. So y'all know the backlash she got after she called Spice a monkey and then a blue monkey. Like, let's let's clarify the fact that she did say monkey before she said blue monkey. Well, she's now issuing a public apology saying that she, quote, I deeply regret my insensitive comments and want to humbly apologize to anybody I hurt or offended for my thoughtlessness. Mm-hmm. All right, well, that didn't end there. She kept saying, as As a woman of color and the mother of two black children, I want to make it clear that my use of that word was not in any way racially driven. All right. I got to know, Al, what are you thinking about this apology? (laughs) Well, I'm going to tell you, it was a very, very well written apology. (laughs) But I have to say it was all perfect until towards the end. If you read the entire apology, she insisted that Spice owes her an apology as as well. And when the conversation turned to her wanting an apology from Spice, I knew she still had not learned her lesson for using that word monkey and using the word blue monkey. So for this, I'm going to say it's performative at best, but very well written and nicely presented but you can't you can't give an apology that's sincere and but have a but right have mm-hmm. a but or or a but spice needs to apologize to me or spice needs to apologize to me that's not how this works erica if you're really sincere just issue your apology and turn the page you're doing too much you might want to take a chapter out of uh what's his name's book and stay out of the media for a year let us forget about this fiasco let us turn the page so you can come back to work i know that's right funky what are you thinking 
Um, multiple things, right? So I, I do think that there is a world where you can issue somebody an apology, but still be mad at them for what they said and still want one in return. I mean, we're not going to pretend like what Spice said to her was not low and did not hurt her feelings. Now, I said this on one of my YouTube videos. To be honest with you guys, Erica gives me she didn't even graduate high school. I don't know if she did or not. Erica does not strike me as academically sound enough or or worldly enough to even understand the historical racial context of the word monkey. I'm being honest and I'm not capping for her. I asked this question before, is there a world where she looked at Spice and honestly thought the girl looked like a monkey or some type of zoo animal? And I do, you know, contrary to popular belief, I do believe Erica when she said that it was not racially driven. I think oh, she- Hold on, hold on, Q, hold on now. That would be okay if this was her first offense. This is not Erica's first offense of calling somebody a monkey and getting her ass handed to her in the oh, blog. So, so she knew. Now so she television. knew. Okay. Her and Evelyn Lozada, she saw Evelyn Lozada get her ass handed to her for calling people monkeys. Those two young ladies know what that word means and they know when they use it, the effect well, that, that it has okay. on our community. I'm oh, never then. going to uh, allow her to get away with that one. All right, well then Not I stand, time. shut up. I stand corrected. <laughs> I stand corrected. The bitch did know what it meant um, or she whatever. What but meant. She, she knew what it meant then, hey. Do you think because she's an Afro-Latina, she felt like she could get away with it? Because she's Dominican. I think, I think, if, I think, in, I think in popular culture, lines do get blurred between the Latino community and the African-American community sometimes, because when we're cool, everybody can use the N-word, everybody is my N-this, my N-that, but then when it becomes a fight situation, then there's a separation. Nah, you're not black enough to be doing that. So most definitely that could be part of it. Right, but she knew what she was doing. Yeah, cool, yeah. Yeah. All right. We're going to move on to this next headline. Actress Taryn Manning is back in the news. She's one of the stars from Orange is the New Black, and she is defending Danny Masterson. He was just sentenced to 30 years for raping two women. Now, we just got backlash on Mila Kunis and Ashton Kutcher for the same thing. But let's take a look at what Taryn had to say. There's no human on this planet that doesn't deserve to, to have the best life and to be happy and free because you were made in the image of the good Lord. My friend Danny going to prison for 30 years. Yeah, he made a mistake, but everyone just, 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 just keep, keep going. Just keep crucifying him as if he's not already suffering. He gets it. He got it. Leave him alone. Hmm. Can y'all believe this? What, what do you think? Just because he's got a 30 year sentence, he's been convicted and he's already going to the to the slammer he shouldn't be piled on anymore mm -mm. there's so many there's so many levels to this story number one did you know this this had the scientology was a part of this right one of the mother's accusers was in scientology he was in scientology he used scientology to allegedly drug and rape some of these women right allegedly two of them were found guilty one was not one mother even put stop talking to her daughter because she brought these charges against him my thing is this taryn you can you can support a friend but don't 
deduce or reduce the victim's stories to a mistake. He made more than a mistake. A mistake may be one time, but raping three women, using your influence as a Scientologist to get them to do drugs and to, to sexually assault them is beyond just a mistake. Can you imagine all the trauma you're asking these women to just pretend like it didn't happen? It took them 20 years to get this justice. Nah, he needs to go to jail and he needs to serve his time without all of this empathy from you, Taryn. Absolutely. Funky, what are you thinking? Well, you know, I'm going to go to the comments really quick. Jade said Taryn is a drug addict. And you know what, y'all? We saw that a few weeks ago when she got on the Instagram live talking to buy him a boat and mad with his wife or whatever. So we know that something is not right about her. But Taryn, after being embarrassed by that man, his wife, and the hill you would choose to die on, right? right? If we didn't learn anything from Sharon Osborne and Pierce Brosnan, when your friends do something wrong, I get it. We want to ride for our friends. We want to show our friends that we got their back. But bitch, you do that behind closed doors, mama. All right? Al, I love you to death. But if it comes, you do your ass collect from prison and be like, friend, I got you. But I'm not about to ruin my career trying to ride with you. And you did something wrong. And and, 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 and and please, listen, you can, you know, your friend can be a serial killer and you can still love him. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not mad with Ashton, Mila, or Taryn for loving their friend and not wanting to see their friend in prison. <clears throat> Excuse me. But... To support your friend is just wrong. That's absolutely not okay. Yeah. You can support right. your friend behind closed doors because obviously mm -hmm. you built that relationship with them. Exactly. Your love for them is completely separate from what they did to the victims. Mm -hmm. You probably didn't know. I hope you didn't know because if you knew, you got some problems. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right, we're going to move on to the next topic. So we know dance moms. They're already mm -hmm. crazy. <laughs> Abby Lee Miller, the top of that list. Well, she's attempting to clear the air after she made uh, some comments about being attracted to high school football players on a podcast. Watch this clip. I do like those hot, athletic, muscular types of guys. And they must be able to go out to a club, gamble in Vegas, rent an ADA compliant, handicapped accessible van. Mm -mm. On the podcast, she doubled down on the fact that they were still in high school. And she's also said that she thinks of herself as a 22, 23-year-old. So do you believe her when she's trying to justify this? Funky? Uh, first of all, I want to know what the ADA accessible van for. Was it to get her big ass right. in because she's in a mobile <laughs> and damn near about to appear on my 600-pound life? I am so confused. She could have said, rent an exotic car rental in Miami. Rent a oh, she is... Oh, handicapped people, uh, please don't cancel me. I didn't know mama was in the wheelchair. Well, she, she quite a sketch. She needed to be someone trying to be free and rolling Ray and not high school athletes or whatever the case may be. Here is what I don't like about the audacity. The proper thing to do, Abby Lee, would have been to just chill out of the media for about two weeks. I'm sure Kanye or Kim Kardashian would have done something stupid between now and then that would have blown this story out of the water. But you are just so ornery and so bold that you just felt it necessary to come and double down on this and you made it worse. We're not stupid. We heard what you said and it was that you like high school aged boys. 
And y'all mark my words, this is going to be the catalyst to something greater as it relates to her relations with other people. You watch and see. What are you saying? Yeah, I'm, saying, I'm saying you watch and see stuff start leaking. And it may even be something along the lines of she hired escorts, she hired little boy toys, but you don't gave us a glimpse into how you think, mama. And quiet as it's kept, when you look like her and you got money, that's what you have to do because ain't nobody breaking down nobody's doors to go with Abby Lee Miller. I'm sorry. First of all, my whole thing is, where is the outrage? This is a 57-year-old woman preying on 14, 15, 16, and 17-year-old high school players. If this was a man talking like this, we would revoke him, we would cancel him, and he would no longer be able to do television and interviews anymore. Now, this is what I need to happen. The police, hello, police? The police, what Q say? The police people, they need <laughs> to go over to her house check and see if she's got little boys downstairs in the basement mm -hmm. go through her phone go through her internet go through her little she's probably her history, on one of those, all those of little it. apps she's on those little apps and stuff they need to make sure that this grown woman is not messing with little boys that's what they need to do they need to launch an investigation on that lady because the way she said it with such ease and with such please lets me know that this is nothing new for her shame on you Abby Lee. First of all, the legal age, I think she's in Florida now. The legal age in Florida is 18. That And they not in high school at 18, I don't think. I think they graduating. Shame on you, Abby Lee. Shame, shame, shame on you. It'd be some big dummies. It'd be some big dummies in high school still at 18, Al. But Lynette Kelly said, keep that same energy that y'all have for R. Kelly. And LJ said, those be some big boys, but if they ain't over 25, I don't want them. <laughs> right? I mean, I have a 16-year-old who's playing varsity football. He looks like a grown man, but he is 16. He's got the mind of a 16-year-old. He is 16. Ain't no grown woman going to be able to be with my little boy because he's my little boy, period, point blank. End of story. I will call the feds, everybody, every alphabet letter to come for your ass. So. That's right. Well, let me ask y'all this. Do y'all think... Abby's brand was once upon a time super clean with the dance mom thing. Obviously, going to prison ruined that. Do you think she's now purposely taking up residence in this villain space? Hmm. Well, she was a villain on the show. I watched it in the very beginning. She's always been like a little villain, and, and but it was still a family friendly. Yeah, it was family, family friendly. friendly. It was still very yeah. Disney esque. But was you know, it? I mean, she was coming for them little girls. She was critiquing them like. Yeah. What what network was it on? A and E Life Lifetime. Lifetime. That, that was still very. TLC, it was TLC, wasn't it? But TLC, one of those. It was still very family friendly. That's a wrap for her. She don't went to prison for investing the money. So I think her new thing is, and we see how reality TV works. I think her new thing is like the Omarosa approach. You know what I'm saying? Let me be the mean, outspoken. And obviously, she's on this new reality TV show now called Villains. There's a market for it. Mm. Maybe. All like right. It. Well, we, we got to send things to commercial break. So coming up next, Hazel E is showing a lot more than than we, what we want to see and what I would want out in the world. Plus, we have a woman who's sharing what a friend did to her uh, to let her know that she ain't really her friend. All right, so <laughs> keep it right here because we'll we'll be right back.
Welcome back to TGIF. I'm Carolina Sanchez filling in for Claudia today because she is out on a PJ, according to my guy, Funky. But <laughs> I want to get into this first topic, y'all. Hazel E. Now, I don't know if she was trying to post a thirst trap or she just felt sexy or she just wanted to be an empowered woman, but she ended up showing her entire tampon string to the internet, okay? And someone had to write to her and they said, sis, your whole tampon is showing. And someone else asked why she didn't remove the post. I know I would be horrified as a woman, but Hazelie doubled down and she said, cause I'm a woman and we bleed once a month, bleep it, I'm a rebel. I don't know if I'm that big of a rebel. I mean, I would have deleted it. I, I don't think I would be showing my tampon string. I don't, I don't, there's nothing sexy about it. There's nothing, there's nothing that a viewer gets from that. I don't think as a woman, I'm empowered by her showing off her tampon string. I'm like, damn, it sucks to be you right now going through your time of the month. <laughs> but Al, what do you think about it? Uh... You know, I'm gonna let Funky talk about Hazley. <laughs> All right, Funky. Best friends that he loved talking about. I'll Girl, you, about you, see, you, you see how they set me up. And you know what? Believe it or not, on this one, I am actually not going to take the bait. I'm not going to take the bait. Listen, I, one thing that Hazel E in this situation has in common with me is that deleted for what? The minute it went up, it got screenshotted and it's everywhere. So deleting it off of her feed, it truly is a hollow gesture. It's already there. And um, while traditionally nobody wants to see that for the most part, I'm a rock with the fact that you know, it's normal. Women do bleed once a month and they do have to use those products. And she is not the first or the last person who her their friend or the public has known that they were on their cycle and that they saw the string. So, I mean, yeah, it, it's, it's a funny thing to laugh at and it's a funny blooper. And you would think that in doing a pose like that, she would have been a bit more conscious, but but I don't think you need to just have it out, but I do agree. If it's out, somebody's already screen recorded it. You might as well keep it up. I mean, I've gone to strip clubs and it's happened. I've, I've been at a strip club and the girl's been dancing and the thing is falling out. So it's more common than we think. Yeah. Mm. Okay. All right. Let me tell you what's not common. Okay. A woman has revealed that she has been breastfeeding her husband since 2016. We're talking six years of breastfeeding her spouse, okay? She said, it's not a kink for us. It started as Alexander just helping me out when I was in pain, but it turned into more of an emotional bonding thing. Now, <laughs> let me just let y'all know that I've been in that position of, oh my God, baby's asleep and just won't suck this milk out and nothing will alleviate this. And I've had my boob in my husband's mouth, hoping he would suck the milk out and he couldn't do it. And I wish he would, mm -hmm. but to develop an emotional bond over years, me breastfeeding my husband, like he's not my baby. He's not my child. No, I no, that's too weird for me. I mean, everybody do you boo boo. Great. But no, no that's not a party I'm going to join. Yeah, I think I think when she said that it was an emotional bond, that's when she kind of messed up a little bit because that makes it lactophilia, right? It's called lactophilia when you develop an emotional bond from your husband sucking the milk out of your breasts. Like, I this is natural kink. 
I know. I think the two of them might want to, even though I don't think there's anything wrong with him helping her out, but the fact that they've developed an emotional bond over this exercise, the two of them may want to go talk to somebody about really what are the long-term um, effects of him helping her out by helping her get the milk out. I'm laughing at our soulmates. Michael Goldman says, his teeth gonna fall out, LOL. Anita Carter Foley says, uh, therapy is due for both of them. And LJ says, kids don't breastfeed for six years. That's a grown ass man and he don't need to either. <laughs> Listen guys, we all know when it comes to me, me and Al are probably two most sexually liberal people on this show. You know, I, I'm just about down for just about most things. But I'm going to go out on a limb here and say this is just flat out unnatural because this is not the way nature designed this to be. I mean, we don't see any other animals in nature, mammals breastfeeding beyond formative years. It ain't in the Bible about no women breastfeeding no 30-year-old men or whatever. This just feels, it feels a little weird. Um, Lucky formative years for your child, for your right. offspring, not for right. your partner. Right. right. No. So there, there's no, uh, I, you know, just, just on a biological level, there's not enough nutrition in breast milk to sustain a grown man. Hence, that's enough right there for me to believe that's just not an activity that we need to be partaking in. Nope. Nope, nope, nope. All right, let's move on to this next one, which... <laughs> Uh, whistleblowers really do be revealing a lot. And the CIA has a whistleblower that is claiming that the CIA tried to pay off analysts to bury their findings that COVID-19 may have actually been leaked from a lab in, you guessed it, Wuhan, China. We saw those headlines. We saw those swirl around years ago. Well, now the whistleblower alleges that the agency wanted analysts to say that the virus jumped from animals to humans and didn't actually originate from a lab. And actually only one of those seven said that it originated from animal to human. Six of them were like, yeah, this this probably came from a lab. So do you think that the CIA try to hide those findings from the general public or is this whistleblower just blowing smoke? I think he definitely did try to hide it. But the truth is when Ratcliffe shared this information long time ago, you guys remember when Donald Trump was, was negative 11 points in the Reuters poll for how he was handling COVID. I remember because his, his his approval rating was so low, he was like, hey, it came from China. Everybody know it came from China. Well, he used that top secret information from Ratcliffe, who told him that this is probably the possibility. So to read this now just lets me know that Trump was telling the truth at that time, that there were clearly reports out there at the time during COVID that stated that it did not come from animals, but instead it originated in a lab. And he was calling it the China virus and vilifying him for that, calling him racist. And now we find it out it's coming from Wuhan lab. And my favorite was the Kung flu. (laughs) See, here's the thing, Carolina and Al, I'm gonna need y'all to help me out with this. The CIA, as I understand it, is an American governmental entity. The lab in Wuhan is in China. I would just be curious to know what what vested interest an American entity would have in covering up a leak from a Chinese lab. What's the link? 
what do we get out of it? You know what I'm saying? By covering it up. That is what I'm more concerned about. I think for the most part, most of us kind of already was believing that this came from a lab somewhere in China. Uh, but let's go out to the comments. TV said, child, this ain't no tea. We've been believing that. I just said that. And Vanessa Hearn said, the people have died telling the truth about COVID. And Nye said, you can't believe nothing from the government. Nye that's what it's starting to sound like. Mm-mm-mm. Well, I don't know about the government. I'm not going to delve into all that because I feel like some things are true, some may not, and we find out years later what it is. And even then, it might not even be true then. Who knows? <laughs> but coming up next, Kelly Price is responding to all the naysayers, and she's bringing her whole bottom into it. And later we find out why the Beverly Hills Police Department department is catching some serious heat from a very well-known lawyer. So you stay tuned. We'll be right back. Welcome back to TGIF. I'm Carolina Sanchez, hanging out with Al Reynolds and Funky Dineva. And uh, we've been sipping and spilling some tea. Now we got to talk about Kelly Price, okay? Because she's had a, a few words for people who didn't believe that she was dying from the COVID. So watch this clip about what she had to say. It felt like I was stupid enough that they to lie about almost dying from COVID. Kiss my entire ass. Her entire ass, and she's got a big one. Okay. Let me go first. Kelly Price, baby. Come on, Funky, bring it. Kelly Price, baby. The first thing I need to say, Kelly, is that you need to find a chair big enough, wide enough, and oddly shaped enough to sit your big ass in. Okay. Listen, the dispute was never about whether you had COVID or uh, had you almost died. The dispute was where you had when at, okay? You had people all down to the CNN, baby, all down to the missing people registry. We was looking for you, Kelly, okay? And wherever the hell you was, two things is because when you came back, you had lost no weight, which means your ass was alive and able enough to see what all the hell was going on. We was looking for you. All right, Carly Russell, we was looking for you. And you still got up and you talking about all the wrong things. We know you had COVID. We want to know where you had when at. Yeah. Where you had when at. That's all we want to know, Kelly Price. Where you had when at. And a simple, I took a break. I was I, you could be like Ralph Pittman from the Real Housewives of Atlanta. I took a sabbatical <laughs> in Tampa. That was shut it down. I was at the Ritz Carlton in North Carolina. Y'all, I was in a hotel room with my husband recovering. I'm sorry. That's what we're looking for. We're not negating the fact that you almost died of COVID. Hell, I had it five times. I almost died of COVID too. But no one reported you missing. No. I think you're still on a registry reported missing right now. <laughs> he was down at the bar. <laughs> she was down at the bar. <laughs> he was down at the bar. He wasn't missing. <laughs> Yeah, no, that, that, that's the issue. It's still an undisclosed location. And Where mama, were you? Why? And it's it's the power play for me. What are you getting out of holding on to this information? It's making you infamous. You're getting nothing but negative press. But I, I'm starting to, to learn as I develop 
withholding information is a power play for people oftentimes. And I'm starting to learn that sometimes when people feel powerless in their lives, in their relationships, in their existence, that they try to exude power wherever they can. And that's the only psychological reason I can see that she's holding on to this so tightly. And although it's none of our business, you're a celebrity, you're used to lying, lie to us. Just lie to us. Just say I was at a recovery center in Wisconsin. Right. Just Well, Al, I mean, do you feel like this brings into credibility whether or not she was actually dying from COVID? Well, like, listen, I, feel like I feel like Kelly definitely had some type of life altering, you know, incident when it came to this COVID thing. I don't think you end up on the missing person report and crime, crime stoppers and all that for all this time if it was not some type of something going on. But I'm like, Q, look, if you really want this to go away and if you really want to turn the page, just tell us where you were and why we never heard from you. You know Al, what I'm saying? Got, I was gonna say, we got a soulmate that said, she went where that leg was. I bet she know where that leg is at. <laughs> <laughs> she probably know where Tamika Scott $30,000 at too. Right too, right? <laughs> <laughs> Mm -mm. I think the issue with Kelly is like sometimes her math don't be mathing. And I think that's what we'd be upset with her about the math. Well, no, nah, Al, she pretty good at math because she damn sure know how to count calories and subtract <laughs> them too. <laughs> Go on to the next thing, Kelly. No, <laughs> trouble. Funky. <laughs> Come on Funky. now. <laughs> Come on. Ragging on her for the wrong things. Well, it's just she said been lying in our face and playing in our face off in the playback. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, we got to move on to Drake. Okay. Cause he was just in, in Texas and he is mad at security boy because uh, a fan was able to get up on stage and give him a debt and uh, security was nowhere to be found. Take a look. Let me ask you a question. Y'all not doing security out here? Not until he said that. Did you see the security guard yank the boy down? Okay. I, this could have been bad. I mean, with all these musicians getting thrown cell phones, water bottles. I mean, Drake has had bras thrown at him, so he hasn't had to worry about it too much. But it could have ended badly. So what do you guys think? Should the security guard be fired? Has he been fired? Absolutely. He needs to be fired. Remember, this isn't the first time that Drake... Drake actually had a phone thrown at him a couple of weeks ago in Chicago. Remember? A fan threw mm. a phone at him on stage. The thing that worries me about this is, do you guys remember that young lady from The Voice? What was her name? Christy Grimey. Remember she got shot in the head and her chest in 2016 when she was in Orlando because of an excessive or an obsessed fan? That's what this kind of reminds me of. Like, that guy could have had a knife. He could have stabbed Drake or tried to stab Drake. He could have done a number of different things that could have harmed him. And the way that they were so lackadaisical about trying to even get him off the stage, to me, was a thumbs down. I, I think we've got to do better. And we talk about this on the show a lot. We've got to do better with these security people working at Absolutely. These. And the fact that he had to call the attention to the security guard and right. say, hey, come on, pick up the pace. It could have been really, really bad. He could have, right. as you said, received a lethal injury. Mm -mm. Right. 
You know what? Not only should a security guard have been fired, but if I was the touring agency, the management, that whole company, we would have to replace them with somebody else because honestly and truthfully, you failed your one job. Your your one job is to yeah. ensure nobody can get within striking distance of me or whatever. And like you say, luckily that this was a cool fan, but could have stabbed him, could have spit on him, could have threw anthrax on him, could have did a number of things. Not to mention the man was on stage. I'm expecting to see three or four people running right. to this guy. Right. I'll tell you what this man was down there doing. He was down there on Grinder. <laughs> he was down there on Grinder. He was down there on Tinder. He was down there texting his baby mama. He was he was clearly preoccupied because even at the point at which the guy was on the stage and you still didn't realize he was there, right? You had to be down there damn near asleep. Yeah. The fact that Drake had to walk him over to the security guard to get him to pull him off the stage was ridiculous. Now I'm gonna say this too. I'm not a fan of security guards and police officers being overly aggressive either. I'm not going to lie. I kind of got an attitude when he pulled the boy. At that point, the boy was being nice. He should have just put his hand on his back and escorted him. Now, he didn't have to yank the damn boy like that, but that's just me. I mean, he was only doing that because Drake said he was being slow. I that way, very late. All right, I have a question. At what point did you realize that your supposed friend actually hated you. There's a tweet that went around asking that very question. And one user replied, when I helped her plan for her wedding, she did not have a wedding planner. And two weeks before the wedding, I told her, I don't know what I'm gonna wear to your wedding. Her response was, um, you know, is it possible to not come? I've decided to invite only close people. Oh, what a sick ass burn. Like I helped you plan your wedding. You had nobody and I'm not considered a close friend. Like what? No. Mm -mm. Do you guys believe that this is possible? I mean, obviously people are petty enough. To That's gotta hurt. Have y'all had somebody do something like that to you? I actually have, I'll tell my story. So we had been invited um, down to the, to the Bahamas to a very, very well-known artist black male artist uh, birthday party. And mm. Janet Jackson was performing the next day. It was a huge event. It was opening up a new hotel, all this great stuff. So we were with the artist's wife the night before, helping her do the seating chart because she wanted the seating chart to be done a specific way. So we spent hours after three or four bottles of champagne, hours of staying up till two in the morning, we helped her construct the entire seating chart for the entire party. However, when we showed up to the party as guests, she had put our names down to not let us in. Wow. Oh my God. How shady is that? So we had to find the guy who paid for everything because obviously it was a sponsored event. A guy who had paid for everything finally had to put his foot down and say, if you don't let them in, we're gonna shut the party down. Wow. Crazy, so you, bro. Made, you made your way in. Yeah, we got in. But can you imagine how embarrassing it was? We were sitting in the front. They told us that we couldn't come in. We were like, what? 
We just did the entire seating chart for this entire party. Like, like we, we did. I know where Whitney Houston is sitting. I know right. where Mariah is. I know where Usher is. I know where everybody is. Like, what the hell? What are you talking about? Yep. And then they were just like, well, sorry. And then on top of that, you have all these celebrities coming in and like, what, what are y'all doing out here? Come on in. And they're, and they're like, no, they are not allowed in. You know what? That's a different type of lowdown, Al. And you know, it, it, believe it or not, in this business and in this inter these entertainment circles, I have had situations, especially with the Atlanta girls. They'll be your friends until they get around somebody who has a little more fame or who's a little more famous, and then they don't know you anymore. So I haven't had a situation, you know, like this where somebody just outright has done me wrong because I think the people around me know that I'm a loose cannon when it comes to like getting upset and I would embarrass the would have been no party had that happened to me. But I will say something that has happened to me with friends and I'm not going to call them so-called friends. I'm going to say friends. When I started gaining, you know, a little bit of success or popularity in this realm, um, there were a few people in my life that had even actually been with me since elementary school who just could not accept the, uh, for lack of a better term, ugly duckling blossoming to a swan. They were used to a certain power dynamic. They were used to being here and me being here. And now that I was here or, or equal to them, that was not the power dynamic that they signed up for. Um, and they, you know, chose to discontinue friendship with me and then create reasons as to why, you know what I'm saying? And all the reasons you know, you used to view me one way when I was below you, when I couldn't do what you could do, when I didn't have the things you had, when you were always the better dress, the better car, the better jewelry, you liked that. But now that I could one up you, it became a problem. Um, so those things have happened. And believe it or not, I'm still, I'm still, some of those relationships, I still think about those people to this day and it still hurts because in my mind, we were going to ride this thing out to the end. You know what I'm saying? I mean, and these are people that, like I said, know since elementary school, middle school, who I would kick all the rock with, but they couldn't take it and they go. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. All right, we have some soulmates writing in. We have hot commodities. We had a, a friend give a whack-ass speech about not having anybody there for her as family while me and a close friend came to Atlanta just for her, never spoke to her again. I would never speak to her again either. Then we have Patrice Bean who said, I gave my friend a baby shower and years later she messed around with my man, a life friend over 50 years. 50 years gone wow. just like that. Mm, mm, no. But yeah, absolutely. Messing with my man. <laughs> but you know, I, I, uh, Carolina, I see this comment. Addison Carter said, Al, I want to know the rest of the story. Addison <laughs> said, did you ever find out why? No, I mean, like, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? She she showed her hand. We knew what it was. But you, you never spoke to this person ever again? No, I know I didn't. I know I didn't. I was too busy having fun with everybody in the party. You know me. I'm going to drink it up and have a good time. <laughs> but yeah, nope. Never talk to her ever again. Oh, no. We don't do that. All right. Well, y'all keep it locked up because coming up next, we're finding out why a lawyer is coming for the Beverly Hills Police Department. And later, should Boozy stop trying to cook because he's adding some weird ingredients to spaghetti? We'll be right back.
right, welcome back to TGIF. We're going to get into some serious topics right now. So in the past two years, more than 1,000 Black people have been arrested and only two of them have actually been convicted in Beverly Hills. And so Ben Crump is coming for that ass. He is going for $500 million from the police department. What do y'all think about this? I think it's brilliant. It, it comes off the heel of that police chief, Sandra Spagnoli. Sandra Spagnoli has over two dozen lawsuits for racial discrimination, anti-Semitism, and harassment. And what's so interesting, it wasn't the past two years, it was between 2019 and 2021, where they arrested 1,088 black people in a town where there's only 600 black people. There's only four, as of there's the 2020 census, there's only 400 people, people 400 black people in Beverly Hills. <laughs> only 620 black people live in Beverly Hills. But somehow you and your department has been able to arrest double that. And Brian Crump got a hold of it because she finally resigned because she had two dozen lawsuits against her. So I'm just like, wow, we love Ben Crump for this, for bringing light to this and also making sure that all the injustice that she ever carried out her time as a police chief gets its due. Mm -hmm. About due time. Funky, what you got to say? So you know what? There's without a doubt, there's definitely an undercurrent of racism here, an undercurrent of presumption and racial bias. You know, uh, uh, not capping for the police at all. It, it it is also reasonable to say if you probably see a black person with a jersey on walking through Beverly Hills, they probably don't live there. You know what I'm saying? Considering the numbers, which is fine and well. But there's nothing against the law for being a tourist. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's one of the biggest things. And I'm, I'm pretty sure the dominant majority of those people that they probably arrested were tourists. Because I'm sure the regular black people that live in yeah, L.A. California are not going out of their way to stroll the streets of Beverly Hills. I know one of the first things I did when I went to L.A. for the first time was stroll the streets of Beverly Hills. I wanted to know what it was. And for those of y'all who never been, I was a little underwhelmed. All right. It was a very small community. It's a couple blocks. I thought it was going to be this big, lavish ass city or whatever the case may be. Um but yeah, that, that's definitely what's going on. These police officers are rolling up on people. What are you doing? What are you doing around here? You know, some of them probably were sassy in return. Some of them probably not. But the reality of the situation is the math is not lying. And for you to only convict two, even the biggest Donald Trump MAGA supporter has got to be like, damn, right in the math here. Right. And the man that was in the video, like you said, he wasn't from Beverly Hills, but he said he saw them following him around and uh, for a ticket, he got arrested. So when you get a ticket, you don't necessarily get arrested. Get arrested. Mm -hmm. Math be math. All right. People, uh, soulmates are are happy. 500 million. Get them crump, says Letitia L. Carly Bonov says, I'm here for it because now these people won't be able to vote. And that is the focus of the GOP. I don't understand that one. What does that mean? <laughs> All right, we're going to move on, man. Let's talk about YSL. YSL member tried to act crazy to plead insanity and ended up still being convicted of murder again. Take a look at this video. 
he may be doing just for the purposes of just drawing attention to himself. But um, if I'll, I'll, of course, sir, as you are well aware, I'm duty bound to consider whatever it is you want to tell me. But your clients nodded in affirmance. He just has some extra movements that the court is noticing. Do I do I look insane doing this? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay, but y'all normal earlier. YSL Polo, you are not insane. I'm so sorry. Nice try. Nice try. You've already been deal. convicted once. We're going to convict you again because nobody believes that tomfoolery. Yeah, I think this this is what I thought was hilarious. Okay, and y'all y'all just follow me here. All right. His biggest problem was in acting this out. He was performing as an intellectually disabled person. Okay, he was performing as an intellectually disabled person, not like a person with a psychotic disease. And that's the difference between pleading insanity. And the arm movement. I just can't get over. That's not that's like, not that's, that's not, not the movement of somebody with a psychotic disease. That's the movement of someone who's intellectually disabled. And that's he, he was on the right track, but just the wrong disease. Funky, what are you thinking over there? You scheming with your finger. <laughs> what, what, what you no, think? Listen, that lawyer, that lawyer is sitting over there embarrassed as all hell. <laughs> that lawyer is sitting there like, Negro, this was not the script. Here's the thing that got me, and I, and I don't know about you, he was already convicted for a, a previous life sentence anyway. Oh, so, yeah. mm -hmm. so to be quite honest, I mean, I'm a person of math. I honestly wouldn't give a damn about the second one. I'm already doing life. I'm already doing life. So you might as well give me 17 more life sentences. I'm not going anywhere. So I don't I mean, understand. Maybe he thought he was going to be able to go to a, like a padded room instead, and that would be instead better. Of, okay. Well, I can see that instead of being put in gym pop. Okay. Maybe so. But this was just, this is ridiculous. And I, <laughs> but the, the, the bigger story is I just want this to be a cautionary tale to our, our black boys out there that are growing up under this hip hop culture, this gang culture, this shoot them up, shoot them up culture. Like it just never ends well, guys. It, it, it never ends well. You're going to end up dead and or in prison. That is the only outcome we have ever seen with that life. So y'all use YSL, whomever, whomever, whomever as a cautionary tale to, to try to do right and be on the up and up. Yep. All right. Let me tell you what you shouldn't do. You should not take photos of your partner while they're having a C-section surgery. You don't do that. But apparently Elon Musk did that with his ex-girlfriend Grimes. Cut. When, when you have a C-section surgery, they cut through seven layers of your body, okay? I went through a C-section and my husband told me of what it looked like and I do not want any photographic evidence of that shared anywhere, taken, period. Like, no, that's disgusting. And for you to share it with family and friends without consent, uh, no, she felt violated and upset and rightfully so. All right. So brief, brief comments, because we got to go to break, folks. What's going on, Al? Funky, any thoughts? <laughs> She's the richest man in the world. She's not going nowhere. <laughs> she did say that his Asperger's was acting up real bad. But trust me, he's the richest man in the world. She's not going to do nothing. Mm. Sure. That, that was my point. She stayed. <laughs> I mean, when your husband is Elon Musk and you live in that life, you just have to make certain allowances. It's just called the cost, honey. It's the cost of doing business. I, I, all I would have did, I would have went around in all my luxurious Gucci and gold and I would have cried myself to sleep. Right. I guess for that money, I may just hang up the picture for him then. Right. 
I mean, they, they're broken up now, so I guess that's the reason um, why she's coming out with it. But she didn't leave after the incident. I don't know. If I was her, she told it too early. I always say you got to save some for your memoir. I would have saved it for the book. Well, I'm going to say Boozy should have saved some of this ingredient from the spaghetti. Coming up next, we're going to see Boozy cook something up that he should not have cooked up. Like, he just need to stick to the mic. All right, stay tuned. We'll be right back. All right, y'all, welcome back. Boozy thought he was really throwing down in the kitchen, making that spaghetti, but instead uh, people were throwing spaghetti at him, okay? Because he went on Instagram Live pouring up all this sugar into the spaghetti. You know how much sugar that is? That's that, that's how much you put in for your, for your kids when you're making the Kool-Aid and they're very excited. That's... That does not belong in spaghetti. Spaghetti just needs the spaghetti sauce. It needs the spaghetti meat, maybe some veggies, but not all that sugar. Absolutely not. Someone wrote boozy, put in the same amount of sugar in his spaghetti you would in Kool-Aid, literally. Someone else wrote, and he's diabetic. Oh, Lord. Come on now. <laughs> we, would y'all eat a, a plate of his spaghetti? So I, I definitely would not eat Boozy spaghetti, but I will say I am from a family, my mom's side of the family. We do put brown sugar in our spaghetti, but it's just a couple tablespoons to take that acidic bite off of the tomato sauce and just to give it a, just a little, just a note in the back. But he damn sure confused that red sauce with red Kool-Aid. That was way too much sugar. And I'm sure that spaghetti was nasty as all hell. Yeah, no, two uh, two tablespoons of brown sugar. That sounds just about right, especially because yeah. that's what's in your, your pasta sauce anyway, if that's what you're using. But if you're making it from scratch, it does require a little bit of sweetness. Uh -huh, uh -huh. But an entire bag of, of sugar? No, no, sir. Well, I used to think that until I moved to Los Angeles. Now, first of all, Zeus people, I've said this before on this show, you Zeus people, y'all need to give Boosie a freaking reality show. This man is freaking hilarious. We cover him every month. He's doing something that's very engaging and fun and silly. But in LA, there's a place called Jolie B. I don't know if you guys have that in Texas or if you have it in Florida. I don't think so. But it's a Filipino restaurant that has their biggest item on the recipe is, is spaghetti. And they put sugar in their spaghetti. And it's really really good now a lot of filipinos and a large filipino um population here in los angeles a lot of them either use banana check ketchup or they use sugar in their spaghetti mm, that's interesting actually you know what i'm someone who will always try something at least once so i'm not going to say i wouldn't try boozy spaghetti i would probably take a bite I just don't think it would taste good. Maybe if the pot is super big, maybe it makes sense to put right, that Right, but not that little yeah. bit, maybe. So Lip Lip said, whoever came up with putting sugar in spaghetti needs to go to hell with no release date. I'm going to beg to differ. I'm going to say whoever came up with putting sugar in grits is who needs to go to hell without a release date. Grits are only supposed to have butter, salt, and cheese as additives in it, not no damn sugar. Al, Carolina, what do you ask me your grits? Listen, listen, I grew up not liking grits because I never had it done right. Okay. Then I moved to Houston and I've had fantastic grits. I prefer them savory, but I have had some good ones with sugar. I'm, I'm gonna have to fight you on that one, Funky. 
I don't eat grits, so I can't help you on this one, Funky. You a cream of wheat? grits. You a cream of you? You look like a cream of wheat type. I am a cream of. Wheat. <laughs> I'm an oatmeal type of guy. Cream of wheat. Yeah, grits. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just something about the grittiness of it. Just all right. When you come back to Houston, I'm gonna take you to eat some shrimp and grits, and you're gonna love it. All right, let's go. Funky, you come to Houston too. <laughs> I'm there. I'm there, baby. All right. Well, I want to thank my co-hosts, Al Reynolds and Funky Dineva, for having me here on TGIF, filling in for Claudia. It's been so fun hanging out with you guys. And thanks for watching us on YouTube. Stay tuned for Crockett's Corner. We'll see you tomorrow. Watch me on the See you tomorrow, Soulmates. And Carolina, it was awesome having you. Yeah, it was a pleasure working with you.